Welcome to Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. On the show, we will get to know artists, entrepreneurs, and coaches living life in their truth after experiencing an awakening. We'll talk about their journey, wisdom, and any tools they've learned along their path. Thank you so much for being here. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I am your host, Vibe Queen, and I'm so excited to have a fellow coach on the show this week. Before we dive into our conversation, Suki Uliterio is a soul-guided entrepreneur, spiritual business mentor, creative goddess, blogger, podcaster, wife, and mommy to two baby girls and two fur baby hounds. I love that. And over the years, she has found various avenues of self-expression, including writing, which has been published in the Huffington Post and Mind Body Green, creating online programs, speaking on stages, and creating communities. As a coach, her favorite thing to do is work with people who embrace their soul-guided creative gifts and share them with the world. So beautiful. How are you feeling, Suki? Good. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And I, I, you know, you and I have been on a podcast together previously. I just feel like we, when you talk about vibe, I feel like we really vibe together really well. So I appreciate being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. It was a very interesting experience being on that podcast. I'm not going to lie. After we were done, I was like, wow, I was triggered a few times. Like, oh, there's always room for growth, which is beautiful. And I made a new friend, which is you, which is amazing. So I always ask uh, every single guest uh, that comes on the show what their awakening journey was, what got them to where they are today. So I'm really excited to hear about your story. Yeah, so I feel like I kind of flew into the world, kind of awakened. I was like one of those like little Buddhas or little gurus, like ever since I was a child. Even adults would come and ask me questions. And wow. I feel like you know, I was always like the little guide, <laughs> the little light. But my own journey, I think uh, the biggest trigger that it started with was when I was, I used to have a lot of anxiety when I was younger. My anxiety started around eight or nine years old. I used to have panic attacks and it like, it became an all encompassing part of my life where uh, if anyone is listening or has experienced panic, especially panic disorder, which is what I had, you never would know when the anxiety attack or panic attack would hit. So you could be at the grocery store, you could be at school, you could be anywhere and the panic attack would just hit. So I felt like I, 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 spent so much of my time in my youth just like fearful of when that next panic attack would hit. And fear was such a driving force in my life until when I was about 15 years old, I um, had a near-death experience. And the near-death experience was really my big like aha awakening kind of moment. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. I was having my blood drawn. Uh, It was actually having a blood drawn for a huge test at the time we lived in Kenya in East Africa, I was born in Kenya in East Africa. And we were having all these like clinical tests done or or medical tests done, because that was how we could be able to get into the United States to come in as a as green card Mm -hmm. uh, holders. So what people a lot of people don't know who are US citizens is you go through this, this kinds of these hoops that they want you to jump through in order to actually get here. One of the hoops for me was this huge you know, medical test. And when they took my blood out, they drew like a lot of blood. And at the time I was anemic. So when they took the blood, I actually lost a ton of oxygen to my head 
And I walked out of the uh, doctor's office and my mom and dad were sitting there. I'm an only child. So my mom and dad were sitting there and I just collapsed and I started like frothing at the mouth and my eyes were rolling back in my head. And I was just, I was going, I was, yeah. I was heading. And, and wow. spiritually I was doing the whole thing of like heading towards the bright white light. And I know it's so like cheesy to say it because so many people say it, but that's because well, there's that's a, what happened. There's a collective experience. And yeah. so, you know, that's, it, it really is. And it was like, I think 30 to 60 seconds. It was not very long at all, but it was kind of the most beautiful experience of my life. Like it was something that I'll always remember. And as I was heading towards that, that warm, it was like a pale, warm, like orangey kind of light. I was seeing all these moments from my life kind of like quickly going before my, my, in like a kind of like a, yeah. The life flashing before your eyes, right? Yeah, kind of like a trip is what it felt like, you know, like a little trip. And so I'm heading there. And all of a sudden, when I get there, I this is the first time I had a conscious thought because I didn't have a conscious thought between all those times. And my first conscious thought was, if I go there, I'm not coming back. Mm. So that was my first, oh, maybe I need to go back, you know, because if I go there, I'm not coming back. So boom, I was back in my body. And from 15 years o- years old onwards, I realized if I continue to live my life in fear, I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge like aha moment for me because it was like fear was the driver up until that moment. And then I saw that experience of love and I was, I was gifted that experience of love. And my name, Suki, means love in Japanese. And it was just like, that's so here, like that. This is what I was supposed to do. That I, this yeah. is what I'm here to do is to help people express themselves and heal and understand like divine love and understand themselves and their soul mission, what they came here to do. Because so many of us who are of the spiritual like tribe, we, we come back to earth because there's specific big things that we need to do. But what happens is we get so overwhelmed in like the earthly challenges. Like I was so consumed with the fear that like I couldn't show up for anyone, let alone show up for myself. I wasn't showing up for myself. So how could I show up for anyone else? So from 15 years on, it's not like I dove immediately into what I'm doing now. For, <laughs> it took a long time, it took like an additional 10, 15 years, but I did get there and anyone who wants to do that can get there too. Like you can get to where it is you want to go, but realize that you can't have fear in the driver's seat. It's got to be love in the driver's seat. Wow. That's incredible. First off, I know what you're talking about, about jumping through hoops. I moved to this country when I was 14. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. So I, I was born in Germany. I grew up in the Netherlands. So I, I remember it like, like it was yesterday. I had to get vaccinated again and just like, it was, it was a lot. So I, I hear you things. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what was the biggest change at 15? Once you came back from that experience, like how did you proceed to live your life? Like, did your friends change? What was high school like? Like, can you share that? I think I had, like, I was always a pretty calm person, but I think then I had an even more sense of like calm and zen. It was just kind of like, well, what's the worst that can happen? (laughs) I could die. (laughs) And I did. And it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Because it's always like the panic would always be that fear of death, really, because it's like the fear of death is always the ultimate unknown. 
And that's the point, because if we really knew what it was, you know, we would just always be thinking about that. And if, and and if it is a beautiful experience, we'd always just be wanting to be in that beautiful experience, but really like you have to be here, you have to be now. So it took me many years after that, but it really was like that, that ultimate understanding of the present moment of like living in the present moment. And that's why I, to this day, I always say, you know, anxiety is living in the past or living in the future, which are both places that you can't live. You can't live in the past and you can't live in the future. You can only live in this present moment. And I say it slowly because it's like, there's the mindfulness in the silence and in the spaces between what we're sharing. I just want to like jump to the next and jump to the next. What about right here? You know? So I like to bring my, I do a lot of work to bring myself back into the present moment where I am being mindful. And I'm very grateful for the experience that I had to leave this world for a second, just for a few quick seconds and then come back because it was like, oh, okay. That's what I, you know, I need to come back to where I am right now. Right. Wow. Now that the anxiety and the panic attacks, did they disappear right away? Or what was that like? No, I had the I had the panic and the anxiety for several more years, and not as not as heavy as I did when I was in my younger years, let's say. But they, they would still come sporadically, and for uh, in my late teens into my twenties, I did decide to go into counseling for it. Now, when I went into counseling, and I went the traditional route of mental health uh, mental health route. I was many times, especially in the American system, met with take this drug, take that drug, take this drug. I rejected every drug. I just was, no, I'm not, I will not, I'm not going to. Now, I say all that, but I always caveat with if somebody's taking a, a medication and they need that medication to feel good, then absolutely take the medication. But for me, I just knew that that was not something that I wanted to feel like I was depending on it. Right. To just like live, you know, to just like be myself. And so I knew that there was something that I needed to uncover and there were things that I needed to unfold. So I worked through therapy for a while, but I realized that the mental part of it was still only one part of like a larger whole that I wanted to do work on. And so when I started getting to yoga, I think that was the best, best avenue for me because the mind, body, spirit connection, you know, the eightfold path of yoga, it yoga, we think of it as just like asana, but there's so many, so many different aspects to yoga. There's the philosophy, there's the meditation, there's the mantra, there's the mood, there's so many different parts right. of yoga that teach right. you how to live a better life. Cause that's really what yoga is ultimately about is for you to live the best life for yourself and also to unite all these different aspects of yourself into one. Cause the word yoga actually means unite, you know, uh, or yoke or like that yoke of the egg, like bringing everything together. And so the breath work changed my life. Like I was somebody that would do so much holding their breath, you know, so much like, in that fear, you know, and it would just get stuck right in my chest. And so I start, when I started doing the yoga teacher training and, and I met 
some amazing people, including my my mentor, uh, uh, Moses Love. You know, he to this day, if you meet him, you know, he'll take your hand and he'll say, take three breaths with me. <laughs> you know, and you just you take that breath and you just, wow, thank you. I needed that, you know, and you just ground down. And so breath work, I I didn't even know. I mean, when I signed up for this yoga teacher training, I thought I was just really going to work on the body. Mm-hmm. I thought a little bit I was going to work on the mind. And I didn't realize that it was flipped. It was going to be like 90% working on the mind and 10% mm-hmm. working on the body. <laughs> um, but the breath work, wow, it really shifted me. And to this day, when it comes to anxiety, I can even show people like right now, certain like yo certain like yogic breaths and like actual breaths that you can use that will like instantly kill your anxiety and you can use it every day like you can use it whenever you need it it's a powerful practice wow that's incredible yeah i took a breathwork class i think about three months ago and it just completely shifted my entire existence and so i've incorporated into my routine so i I can relate for sure, for sure. Uh, What advice would you give for anyone listening to this that may still be suffering from anxiety or panic attacks and maybe they've tried a yoga class or meditation and it hasn't just gotten rid of it right away? Are there any other tools that you uh, suggest people can take advantage of to to start their journey? Yeah, so so I think the thing is, is everybody's very different. So you need to find the things that work for you. But the biggest part like that was uh, that, that made me realize that anxiety is a gift is that anxiety comes to you because there's something that you are avoiding mm, or there's right. something that you're not addressing. And so it's a gift because it's like, ah, let me get curious. Let me just get curious with myself. If I spent eight years in therapy and I'm sitting here to tell you, like, I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that I did it. It was a journey I needed to take you know, but I have done other routes since then. And, you know, yoga was one of them, but I also, I love things like acupuncture. I love like body work, like Thai massage, you know, um, I love movement in general, like feminine embodiment and stuff like that. I love working with a coach or working with somebody that can support me. I think I, I always say that healers need healing and coaches need coaching. And so having a support team or having a support group, even, even friendship groups or sisterhood groups or like, I know that we're in COVID world now, so you maybe not be able to go to like a women's circle, but you can do things online. Like I've really found a beautiful community in Clubhouse, amazingly as it is, but I've built a lot of friendships there. Yes, Clubhouse has been an amazing tool for me to just like gather like-minded folks. And so you can find these like these communities of people that you can share stuff with. And I think sharing is like the biggest thing. It doesn't matter which way you're sharing, but share it and get it out of your, get it out of your internal system, mm-hmm. like let it get external. And the thing is, is like, you can do journaling, you know, you can share in these communities, you can do vocalizations or like mantra or singing, you can actually get it out that way. But there, if there's something that's sitting inside of you, like, let's acknowledge it. Let's like sit, let's like bring that out so that it doesn't need to be like, eating up your insides yeah. and you come out. Yeah. A lot of the times when people tell me that they have anxiety and I ask them, well, where is it in your body? Like physically right now, where is it? Where's the anxiety? It's always like, it's in my stomach, you know, it's in my chest. Like, yeah. Cause it wants to like, it wants to come out. Come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
wants to come out. And so yeah. we, we just need to move, get curious with it, move through it, find different ways that you can express that. Uh, that's why I love working as an expect part of my coaching is very big on the expression part because so we can express it and then we can, we can move through it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you uh, talk about acknowledging the anxiety and not just focusing on the healing of the anxiety. Which is of course also important, but sometimes I think we're so quick to want to solve the problem that we don't look at the root of the problem that is causing the problem in the first place. Like, why am I even having this anxiety? And maybe if we can uncover that, that will give us some clarity and it can be a beautiful lesson. Like, what is the trigger that is causing me this anxiety? And so one of the things that has been an ongoing theme for me, and I know this is relatable to a lot of people because I hear it, is the topic of abundance, of money of, you know, charging for your gifts or, you know, what am I, who am I to charge for my gifts? And just that whole conversation. And I know you had a blog that I was uh, looking at and you mentioned the, the phrase, I can't afford that. And that one really, really hit me because that's something I used to hear growing up even, oh, we can't afford that. And it's like, oh, okay. And you hear that in your mind, right? And I know you're a mom as well. And it's like, that could be something you could so easily slip up and say, but I'm a big believer words are our spells, you know, what you think about and what you say becomes your reality. So can you share with us your journey with money, how you've been able to shift your mindset? Just share all the wisdom, please. Yes. Yes, uh, money is a huge topic that I really dove into in the past couple of years because I realized that I was somebody that did a lot of things for free, did a lot Mm. of things for very, very cheap because I thought I'm here for service. I'm Mm -hmm. here to help people and heal people and and do these kinds of like light worker mission, like the the deep stuff. So I need to do it for free. And uh, and I was taught very quickly, like, no, you're wrong. (laughs) you're not here to do it for free because no one's here to do it for free because we don't live in a world now that we, you know, basically there was a time period where a lot of us who are in the spiritual communities could be doing the work that we're doing because we were living in ashrams or we were in a, in the monastery or we were, you know, and and that was easy for us and, and, and work and living was very communal. So you might've lived with like 10 other people in a little village and, you know, and of course, then you wouldn't have to worry about bringing in, you know, it's a different way of life. It was different, you know, so now you have to charge. And and not only that, by charging, you're allowing people to invest in themselves as well. And that's like the beauty of it. That's the reason that it's an energy exchange because, they are honoring you and your energy and you are honoring them and their energy. And that's like, the, that's the beauty of the exchange. So what I realized was going from like, like zero, like charging, you know, zero to like going into the realm of charging, like between zero and 50 to going into the realm of charging between 50 and a hundred, and then going to the realm from charging from like a hundred to a thousand and then from a thousand to 5,000. Each time I've taken a leap, but I've had to take a leap with my mind first. Mm. I've had to realize that in my mind first that I'm capable of charging something like that. And then on top of that, capable of receiving something like that. Because the key there is that, am I able to receive it? Because if I'm not able to receive it, I can say that I'm going to charge $10,000, $50,000, $100,000. But if I'm going to receive it, yeah. (laughs) And I really charge it, you know. Uh, So there was a mindset shift first. And then secondly, there's an embodiment. You have to actually physically 
embody it. So when I think about words like abundance, I feel that in my body. Like I feel where abundance feels in my body. And then I have to like get into the body. So I do a lot of like stuff where people will be like, if people were watching me from the outside, they would be like, okay, she's officially like gone crazy. <laughs> right. But I, but I need to actually get into my body to like feel something out. So for example, I might do like some like, like more like feminine kind of movements or like, uh, or like kind of belly dancing kind of stuff. I'm feeling it in my hips or feeling it in my shoulders. Like what, it, where is it feeling? Is it feeling in my chest? Is it feeling in my heart? And then I have to get into the embodiment practice of money. And the reason that we have to do that is because money is a, like right now, money is like a physical tool that's going to help you get from point A to point Z. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of emotional associations with money. And we have to remove some of those emotional associations and or retrain ourselves in our brain and in our body to receive that money. And so sometimes the best time that I'm receiving money is when I'm completely asleep, surrendering. And I I see on my phone at three o'clock in the morning, like, oh, somebody sent me a payment. Yeah. They sent me a payment because I was finally receiving. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I'm not receiving. That is such a huge aha, huge aha right now, because I I feel like I'm so familiar with affirmations. I just discovered tapping, you know, you can journal, there's so many things you can do as far as your mindset and rewiring your beliefs, which I think is a huge part. But it never occurred to me that you could do something to become more open to receiving as in embodiment and the movement and even like sleeping and you're in surrender. Like I did just never crossed my mind. So that's very, very interesting. So thank well, you for you, that. You're a yogi. So you understand the yoga part, but you can, you can go into like fish pose, you know, where you're like absolutely receiving and opening your chest up and bringing your shoulders back and then being in that receptive mode. Wow. 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 Okay. Implementing that immediately. So, cause it's interesting. Cause when I look back at times when I have had really good weeks, right. And I, I, when I think back at times in my own business, when I've had some really good weeks and I look at my Instagram, I'm like, Oh, I was posting videos of dancing and things like that. I never considered that maybe a connection. So you're, you're, this is very a interesting huge, right now. A huge connection. Yes. I had I no will. idea. I was just dancing because I felt good. I had no idea that that could be dancing me being in the flow of receiving. You were dancing it in. You were dancing wow. It you're in. like blowing my mind right now. Like, yeah, this, that's, see, this is why I host a podcast so I can <laughs> learn from other geniuses and goddesses like yourself. It's so beautiful. Well, if okay. you look at cultures, like if you look at so many cultures, like, isn't dancing such a big part of their like connection to yeah. spirit? And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, just today I post on my Instagram about, you know, goddess Lakshmi, who's the goddess of abundance. And I said, you know, may goddess Lakshmi, you know, bless you to help you understand the abundance of your soul. And the, 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 the truth is, is that we are all abundant souls. You know, we have everything that we need and money doesn't come from an employer or, or, you know, the government, the federal government, or any of these like 3D earthly places that we think that money comes from. Because if we know that money is energy, mm-hmm. and we know that it's energy, because if even if you take the physical dollars and coins away, 
we're still making transactions all the time, right? Right. So it's energy. It's an it's an energy field. <laughs> and so you can put as many zeros after it. That doesn't matter. It just matters about what you're placing value in. Like, how am I placing value in this? And then connecting with that highest source, because that's where money comes from, is that higher source and saying, you know, I need this because I'm going to use it to create X, Y, and Z. And then the universe says, oh, okay, that's what you need it for. Okay, can you believe that you you can receive it? Mm, kind of. And that's where the work comes in, right? Because it's like, as soon as you get into the yes, and that's what I was saying with that complete surrender. Yes, I, I can actually receive that. That's when the money comes in. So how do you get to the point where you can say yes and you can believe it? I'm curious to hear what that journey was like for you. Because I know for me, there are certain things that I can tell myself yes, and I know I truly embody it and believe it, and it happens. But then there's other things where I'm like, yes, and I'll say it, I'll journal it. But like deep down, I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure. And then long and behold, you know, it doesn't actually happen. So no, you shouldn't say yes until you wholeheartedly and in, and in an embodied way really actually mean yes. Because okay. the truth is you can say yes, but you're really not saying yes because you're kind of saying maybe or you're saying kind of. And uh, the universe doesn't respond to kind of. You see what yeah. I mean? I've done yeah. that a lot. I have done that a lot. I've done the kind of energy. And what the kind of energy feels like to the universe is forward, forward, back, back, forward, forward, back, back. You know, so it creates this kind of like static kind of like <laughs> and you want a trajectory of like forward energy. So the truth is you can't actually say yes when you don't mean yes, because it's not like it's, you're not moving anywhere. You're just kind of in that in that circle or in that loop. So the key is to like do the work around that. Yes. Like do like the emotional work around the yes. Do like the, the, the movement or healing work around the yes. Do like the journaling work around the yes and finding all those, like the fact that you've been doing the, the money work in your, in your mind is great. And now you know that there's other ways that you can do the money work as well. It's not just like that one part of yourself, but there's all these other parts of yourself. And the reason that I say money is so emotional is that, I really realized like, wow, you know, we have all these stories that we've created about money. And the truth is, is that we just have to break some of those stories, especially the stories that are holding us back and limiting us because they're just not truth. They're not based in truth. They're based in, you know, generational uh, folklore and, and, and stuff that's passed down. And, you know, a lot of times, pe- like one of the things that I've been working on lately is this idea that rich people are greedy or, or rich people don't give back or, you know, and, and I and I realized like, you know, that's just so it's just so not true, Suki. Like I'll hear myself say it or feel it and I'll be like, but it's not true, Suki, because you've seen incredibly rich people doing an, an incredibly amazing things with their money. You know, I often think about, you know, Oprah, she's always heading to to like parts of Africa and and giving back and creating schools and like foundations and stuff. You know, it's just not true that when she's a billionaire, of course, but it's like, it's just not true that people that have a a ton of money aren't necessarily doing good things with their money. And who are we to judge anyway? Because we don't see everything that they're doing. We're not nickel and diming like, oh, like where do you spend all of it? And a lot of people also true. And a lot of people also give anonymously. Exactly. 
you know? So, so we don't know. And there's beauty in that too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you don't know who's giving what. So yeah, exactly. And I'm going to give you a, a name, another name drop, somebody that really like changed my entire like perception around uh, money huge breakthrough for me was this guy who's a metaphysical author and um, like a real like spiritual like empowerment guy is um, was uh, he's passed away since but his name's Stuart Wilde and um, he he uh, has written several books and he's done a lot of if you if you look him up on YouTube you'll find a bunch of videos on him his name is Stuart Wilde and he like blew my mind about money because and he's somebody that like you have to take him in small chunks because he will just like he's channeling when he talks and so he just kind of like rapid fire stuff oh, wow. and you're like whoa that was so much information like my brain feels like it's going to explode but one of the things he talks about is he talks about how you know um uh right now in this very moment money is being printed somewhere like right now in this moment, money is being printed, right? Yeah, it's and it's like, boom, 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 all this money coming out, just coming out, right? And yet the government or the, the, the system or whatever you want to call it will, will, will make you want to believe that there's not enough of it, that somehow it's going to run mm-hmm. out. If we always feel like there's not enough of it, or there's lack of it, even though it's currently being printed, like as we speak. <laughs> and so he has you do this exercise mm-hmm. that says for you to reach your hands out and put your hands in front of you and close your eyes and imagine yourself catching that money as it's being printed out. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> and that really, <laughs> yes, that was like, oh, I get it. And that was like, oh yeah. All that idea of it going, like it, it, being like lack or not being enough is just a, a complete illusion. And then out of that, I, mm-hmm. I, I gained this affirmation that I use to this day, which is money is a renewable resource. Every time I get to the bottom, more money comes in. It's renewable because it's being printed right now. And when we're done with this cash currency, we'll go into the digital currency. When we're done with the digital currency, we'll go into something else. It's just the way that we express right. the form. Yeah. 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 Wow. I love that. I love that a lot. What advice would you give to someone who may be new to coaching? You know, maybe they're just getting their confidence and they're just finally making that decision of like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to monetize my gifts. I'm going to step into this role. And, you know, they, they have the belief that they can be a healer or a coach or whatever that may look like but they don't have the reference of success yet, or they don't have the reference of testimonials, right? Because I think that sometimes can be a little daunting when you look at other people's social media. And I know you shouldn't compare, but you see as seen in blah, 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 and testimonials. And it's like, if you're starting out new, how do you, how do you do that and be credible? So I'm curious to hear how you did it as a new coach, and maybe people can benefit from that. Well, I started in blogging, like, back in 2010 is when I started my blog. So my blog's been around a long time. The the first thing that I would say to somebody is just start. This is the the hardest part is just starting, right? But also like gaining clarity around your gifts is really important. Understanding the things that bring you joy versus the things that are like, I'm doing it because I've heard that other people do it. And so this is what I'm supposed to do. And so a lot of the times people will go out and and hire 
they'll go out and hire a business coach or they'll go out and like take a business course or something. And they, they go, oh, that's okay because now I have to build a website and next I have to do this and then I have to do that. And none of that is joyful. So, and everybody feels your energy. Energy is infused into everything that you do. So you're doing all this stuff that's not out of joy and people are like, hmm, there's something off about this. There's something off about her website or there's something off about her messaging. Or there's something off. Well, yeah, there's something off because she's just like, these are all the things I need to do. So I'm just like speeding up to do it. You know, I would love to like help people realize that it's an evolution process. 80% of it is healing. People don't realize that because it's like, if you are going to come out as a coach or a teacher or a healer or a leader or anything in these conscious realms of like actually lifting people, you can't do it on a broken back. That back has to be fixed. So 80 to 90% is the healing work around it. Focusing on the energy, like how am I showing up? Like how, you know, um, how can I be like step into my greatness and shine and really use the gifts that have been given to me? And a lot of people don't know their gifts. So a lot of the times when I work with people, the first like couple of months is just like figuring that out and getting really into the pinpoint of who exactly am I? What, you know, who do I serve? What is my offer? What is my messaging? Getting really clear on that because Mixed messages, just like we were talking about the universe not liking your mixed messages, the rest of the world doesn't like your mixed messages either. So we want to know like really who you are and what you do. And trust me, as somebody that's been creative my whole life and has a ton of creative energy, what happens is we get lost in like creation. We get lost in like, I just want to create and create and create and create and create. But then it's like, well, well, what's the intention? Why are you creating it? What's the purpose of this? And you'll be like, uh, it was fun. <laughs> and like, that's cool. <laughs> but that might not be exactly how you're going to like deliver the message adequately. And so I think a lot of us are messengers. I think a lot of us have come here with specific messages from the divine to share in specific ways. Some people might share through music. Some people might share through coaching. Some people might share through art. Some people might share whatever, we're going to share in different ways, but taking that like and delivering it in the right way to the right audience at the right time, that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy working with people on is like the, the, the elevation of the brand and the embodiment of the brand and the expression of the brand because you are the brand. So if you are the brand, how do I, how do I take that and, and, and like package it for you? How do I put it out into the world adequately? And in an empowered way. Wow. Very well said. This is the episode for coaches and aspiring coaches. And I'm learning so much. So I really appreciate you. Um, What advice would you give your younger self? If you had to restart your coaching business, knowing what you know today, what would be something you would tell younger Suki? Like, hey, I know what's coming. I would love to hear. Hire a coach. <laughs> okay. you know why it took me so long to figure that one out. I really don't know why it took me so. You know, it's 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 not that I didn't know. I knew, but I had so much fear about investing in my business. Uh-huh. I had so much fear in that. I really did. I had to work through the fear of how can I how can I justify spending this exorbitant amount of money before the money comes in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as soon as I made that crack, that 
it's not about it being before the money comes in. It's about signifying to the universe that I'm willing to do this work on this deep level and that I accept the support. As soon as you say that to the universe, then boom, all the money comes in. And that's exactly what happened with me. As soon as I started hiring coaches, all the money came in because it was it was like me rejecting the support. It was me rejecting the receiving really is what it was because it was so much linked just back to that fear with the money. And it was like, you have to spend money to make money. Absolutely. Um, you really do have to spend money to make, but it's because it's about the exchange. It's about the journey itself. It's not about like that end goal of like, how much money did you bring in? The money is great. But at the end of the day, uh, if we're all like sitting on piles of money at the end of our life, but we haven't experienced anything, then what's the point? Exactly. What's the point? Yeah. The point. So you have to spend that money so that it's like, I'm enjoying it. I'm doing it. I, and the second thing that piece of advice that I would give myself is to not be so worried about what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is doing everything. You do what you want to do. You take your own yeah. path. Not about comparing yourself. I stopped using social media as a comparison tool. I don't use it. That's not my intention behind social media anymore. So now when I get on there, if I comment or I post uh, or, or I like something, it's because I'm genuinely feeling like I want to give love to that person. It's not because I'm doing it and being like, oh, it's so great what she's doing. I wish I could do something like that. that right, right. You know, it's, it's pulling people down. So I only want to lift people up. So if I'm going on there, it's like I'm genuinely doing that, you know, and other than that, I'm just posting what's going on with me. I'm not going to like focus on the comparison anymore. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because I remember even as a kid, I, I never really used to compare whenever I saw someone winning or successful. I used to say, wow, it's possible that I can do it too. That was my default way of thinking. And it wasn't until like I got older, maybe it's in the environment, conditioning, society, that I then fell into the trap of comparison. But I remember as a kid, I never compared myself. I would just be like, wow, that person did it. I can do it too. I'm a, I'm a person. I'm a human being. I kind of look like this person. I can do it too. And it's so interesting how kids were, we can be so innocent in our, you know, in our, we dream so big. And then all of a sudden it's like, pfft. so it's very fascinating. Two more questions before, uh, before we wrap up and uh, you can share all about your coaching. And that is, um, how do you discern what coach is right for you? You know, you scroll on Instagram and there's just so many coaches and sponsored ads. And, you know, it seems like a new coach is popping up every day. So how would you recommend somebody discern is the right coach for them, depending on what they're trying to do? I would love to hear your advice on that. Yeah, I actually just spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, I think on a clubhouse room. But um, so I call it like coach shopping, right? Because you're going to go <laughs> coach shopping and I don't mean the bag. Um, so yeah, you're going to go coach shopping and what you're going to do is, um, you're going to start gathering really in like an organic and feeling and intuitive kind of way. So you're going to start like, first of all, maybe looking at people you've been following for quite a while, because those are the people that obviously they've resonated with you long enough that you're, that you're following them. You're liking them. You're commenting on their stuff. Like you're like, yeah, I really resonate with this person. Like I really feel their vibe and I feel comfort with them, you Mm -hmm. know? So then you're going to write them all down kind of in front of you and start looking at them and kind of like feel out like who stand, like who's, if I think about this, who's the person that's really standing out to me right now? 
Who's the person that's like undeniable? Okay, maybe that person's there. Okay, maybe that person has a really high price tag and you know, I, I'm just not able to embody that price tag right now. Like I, I can't. So then I'm going to look for the other, the second tier. Okay, it's like financially, like second tier, what does that look like? And then the lowest tier, right? But you shouldn't judge it based on just the money because as you know, <laughs> It's, it's about the container that the person's going to lift you into. So when you start working with somebody, the person lifts you into a certain container and vibration. So if you watch the way that they're vibrating and you can tell people authentically just by like watching what they're doing, if you're intuitive enough, you can see like how authentic the person is. You know, they might say they're going to help you do X, Y, and Z, but are they living it too? Are they speaking it? Like, is it their vibe? Hello? Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, That's a good point. at that point, then you might want to get on a discovery call with the people that you've whittled down with and just like, like talk to them, just hear from them. At the end of the day, you want somebody that you feel comfortable with, that you feel confident in investing in, that you really feel is like talking the talk and walking the walk isn't just like feeding you the lines, you know? And at the end of the day, like, don't, be intimidated by anyone's price tag. Because like I said, when they lift you into that container, inevitably you're going to go out there and start charging the same, like not the same that they charge, but maybe you'll be like in that wavelength and in that vibration. You're sitting at a new table now, basically. You've been upgraded. And so you're sitting at this upgrade table and you're thinking, hey, this table looks pretty good. And now I'm able to charge certain things because I broke through certain things that I needed to break through with this coach and the money comes right back in. So the funniest story I have with my, with, with my current coach is when I, um, when I started working with her, I was really worried about spending the money. So she actually had broken it down into like a payment plan for me. And she was like, it's totally cool. Just, you know, relax. Everything's going to be fine. And I knew because I had been following her for probably about five to six years. And I'd worked with her once before in a smaller container and like a smaller group. Um, But I had always known that I wanted to work with her because I knew like the magic of what she was capable of producing. I just knew like being in her space, being in her energy was like, transformational. So I, um, I booked the, I, I, I started working with her. I gave her the deposit. I sent the money in and then I was like, God, I can't believe I just spent this money. And I'm, am I crazy? Like, I'm not even going to tell my husband about this. And, uh, very, <laughs> like, yeah, cause my husband and I will do separate bank accounts for a reason. Cause if he was to see some things like he'd be like, what are you doing? But, <laughs> right. You have to spend money to make money. And not everyone has an entrepreneurial mindset. And that's very true, too. Not everybody has an entrepreneurial mindset. But anyway, I um, that very next day, I got a discovery call just booked randomly for my website. And I haven't had I hadn't had that in quite a long time. I was like, oh, this is strange. A discovery call straight from my website. I talked to the lady for 45 minutes. I offered her my new pricing where I was like, kind of like, I can't believe I'm going to offer this higher mm-hmm. price tag. And she was like, Suki, she's like, you could have said any price tag I was going to pay. Like, I, I want to work with you right now. Wow. I was like, That's okay. Incredible. So, and she, she signed up that next day. She sent me the money the same day. Wow. So the money came right back into my account, like the next day. 
from hiring a coach. So I, I believe boss. I'm just like, I believe that's it. amazing. It's the way that it works because it's you saying to the universe, I am ready. I invest in myself. I yeah. know I need this. Mm-hmm. I need this level of support. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Do you feel, now I have one other quick, quick question. I know we got to wrap up soon. Do you feel there is a benefit in signing up in group coaching or membership coaching if a person can't afford it? Or do you feel someone should save up and really have that one-on-one support? Um, what is your opinion opinion on I, that? I believe it. it's also based on where you are in your business. So I believe that if you are in a place where you want to like absorb and learn and you can benefit in that group setting, then I, I absolutely do think you should do the group. But if if you are in like a scaling or a level of your business that where you really want to take it to the next level, you're going to need that one-on-one support. You're going to sign up for the group program and be disappointed because you're you're thinking like, well, she's kind of, or he's kind of helping me, but I need like this kind of help. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's the difference between like going to college versus like having a mentor that's like walking you through something. So it depends uh, on. Great point. Yeah. I love that comparison. Okay. So with all of that, you sh- everything that you've shared, which I'm so grateful that you did, uh, I know you have something that you're working on called Vision to Launch, which is just. That sounds amazing. So can you tell everybody about that before we wrap up this episode? Yeah. So Vision to Launch came to me totally as like a download from Spirit. Um, It came really quickly. I had a program that I had launched several years ago called Speak Write Shine, where I taught people how to like book speaking engagements and like write because I've written for like the Huffington Post and like Mind Body Green and stuff. So teaching people how to write and get their work published or blog. Um, And then I basically took that program and realized, well, really at the heart of all of this is like the expression and the, and the desire to like launch something into the world. Um, And that launch could be a creative project. It can be a business. And what I really realized by doing the vision to launch the first time, I just, I just wrapped it up actually yesterday was our last uh, call for the first round of vision to launch. It was amazing. What I also realized is that some people came into it thinking that they needed to like create a business or a project or whatever. And what they realized from it and came out of it from was they just needed to come back to like that launch of themselves, like realigning with themselves. Mm. And that was the journey. So for everyone, it's going to look very different, but generally the vision to launch is, is me teaching you like the spiritual techniques and the business techniques. How can you infuse the spiritual rituals with, the business expansion. So you want to expand into something or you want to deliver something into the world. Well, hey, you have all these amazing spiritual tools. Why don't we use some of those tools to like work on our sales and, you know, uh, spend time in intuitive marketing and come up with a content plan or content strategy, you know, so like we were doing all these things and we were, uh, it's basically showing up in the world. It's just like, how, how am I showing up and how can I use these spiritual tools help me show up in the world more adequately. So it's a group program and uh, it's 12, it's 12 weeks long. And it's, it's really like high touch because we work together uh, quite intimately. We end up, it becomes like a real, like support. It becomes like your real like support. And it was very loving. When I started the program, I thought it was going to be mainly business. And I learned very quickly that it was going to be like 80% healing, 20% business. What I teach and I think is so powerful is your business blocks are your emotional blocks. 
Your emotional blocks are your business blocks. They are the same thing. So unless we move through some of those things, some of those fears, some of those feelings, some of those whatever's coming up, then we can't like Mm -hmm. rise. You want to rise, but you've still got the anchors. What are the anchors? we got to let these free so we can rise. And so each week we were cracking into different things where the heart was opening and opening and opening. And then people were having these aha moments and like breakthrough moments, which was really powerful. And then I, and then I see them actually going out on social media and like shining. And I'm just like, wow. Or pulling in the clients that they desire. And I'm like, oh, you know, bringing in the money that they want. Wow. You know, or even just something, like I said, as simple as somebody sharing with me, Suki, like it was just the fact that you helped me realize like myself. And wow. I, yeah, you're totally right. I didn't even think of it that way. I hadn't even like processed that this is what it was. So Vision to Launch is like my baby and I'm relaunching it again in June. Um, I've given myself a month off. I said, I need a break. <laughs> Buy me a pina colada and put me on a beach and then I'll come back and do some more. <laughs> But the truth is Amazing. like well by the time this episode airs, it'll be right then. So Yeah, that's perfect. And that but I think that everyone needs like that space of creation too, because creation comes from the void. It comes from that 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 space of everything and nothing. So you have to dip into that. And I think that's a big part of vision to launch too, is like dipping into the void so that we can really birth forth the things that we're trying to birth forth into the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I always ask every single guest to leave us with their words of wisdom that has helped them along their journey of life thus far. So I would love to hear your words of wisdom. And then you can tell everybody how they can best support you if they want to get in touch with your coaching program, social media and all that good stuff. Well, one of my favorite ones is, you know, speak your truth, even if your voice shakes, you know, say what you say, what you need to say do what you need to do, follow your mission, you know, um, step into those, step into those shoes, even if it feels shaky, even if you're scared, even if you're not sure what's going to happen from the leap, like I can't see the other side, (laughs) but jump anyway, you know, (laughs) you might have wings, you might really take off, you know? So thank you so much for having me on this. Yes. People can connect with me, um, basically all over social media and on my website. I'm, I'm referred to as Soupton, so it's S-O-O-K-T-O-N, um, and that's because uh, that's my husband's nickname for me is Soupton. He calls me his Soupton. So um, you can find me on uh, you can find me on Instagram as Soupton. My um, my podcast is called Soul Guided with Soupton, and Tamisha's going to be on my podcast too. We're going to have a, a time where we get together on my podcast. Oh, I am, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, my <laughs> website is Soupton.com. Sukton.com. And so that's the best way to reach me. Thank you so much. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I learned so much. Oh my God. This was such a fun conversation. You're amazing. I'm like just so inspired. I'm like beaming. I'm ready to dance. I'm ready to open up everything and receive. Um, Yeah. Just jump because you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know we're going to stay in touch and I know amazing things are on the horizon for you. And uh, yeah, everybody, thank you for listening until next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode brought you value and perspective. If you are a coach yourself or aspiring to be, maybe you're a healer, tarot card reader, 
mystic, author, or light worker in any sense of the word, if you are looking to get more clarity around how to launch or relaunch your spiritual-based business, perhaps you want to start your own podcast or figure out your core audience, maybe you just need accountability to get the thing done, schedule a time with me at calendly.com slash vibequeen slash map consultation and we can hop on a zoom call and see if working together makes sense i appreciate you sending you so much love and until next time